0: Welcome to Beautiful Baggage, confidence, wellness, and wisdom through travel and everyday adventure. I'm Stephanie Martin-Taylor, your guide to this podcast journey. Thanks for joining me. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Beautiful Baggage Podcast. It's the week before the Thanksgiving holiday here in the US, and for a lot of us who work full-time, that means it's time for round one of the holiday, the Thanksgiving potluck lunch at work. We're doing this at my office today, and it's always so much fun, because it's a time where people either, one, bring in a cherished family recipe, Or two, do a test run of something they want to serve next week on the real Thanksgiving holiday. Talk about an everyday adventure. This is the kind of meal that definitely brings with it, if not wisdom, then a fair share of laughter, stories, and entertainment. I think of it as kind of like a mashup of Antique's Roadshow and America's Top Chef, though slightly less dramatic if you're familiar with those shows. usually. In past years, I've played it safe and made a classic tried-and-true pumpkin pie that people who like pumpkin pie usually enjoy. But it doesn't elicit much comment because you'll find the exact same recipe in many, many households across the U.S. But this year, I'm living dangerously. I'm introducing two family recipes, near and dear to my heart, that are not so traditional. And I'm also trying them out on my colleagues to discern whether I could get away with them at home next week, when my audience would be family and friends who might have strong opinions about these two dishes, and specifically when I serve them during the course of the meal. One of the dishes is pumpkin bread. Now that on the surface may not be quite so shocking. Pumpkin is a popular winter vegetable and associated with Thanksgiving, and pumpkin bread is a dessert that you find in many bakeries in the U.S., and many people make it and serve it at home for breakfast or as a snack. But what makes it a bit of a walk on the wild side for me at this potluck, and then again at home next week, is that I'm going to bring it out the way my family serves it, not during dessert time, not as a take-home snack, not for breakfast, but during the main course at Thanksgiving as a companion or even an alternative to the bread rolls you pass around at the same time as the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy. And for many people in this world, I know that is shocking, or at the very least, inappropriate. For a lot of you, I don't need to explain why this would seem very, very wrong. (laughs) It's the whole rule about not mixing sweet food like pumpkin bread, which usually has a lot of sugar in it, with savory food, or food that is on the more salty side of the spectrum. Those of you who know about this rule and believe in this rule are probably thinking, yes, that makes sense. Why in the world do you do this at Thanksgiving? Unacceptable. But some of you are like me and didn't even know until recently, or perhaps now, that this was even a rule. And in my opinion, you can be forgiven for that. I learned about the whole sweet savory rule for the very first time, At the somewhat late age of 21, I was living in Dijon, France, going to school there. I don't remember what prompted the conversation, but I remember my shock and a bit of confusion when my host family in Dijon explained to me that one of the basic rules of French cuisine is that savory and sweet foods and beverages don't mix. I grew up thinking that you could eat a hamburger and drink a milkshake at the same time. In college, I often ordered sweet and sour pork from the local Chinese restaurant, and I remember it was definitely more sweet than sour. And then, of course, there was Thanksgiving, with the pumpkin bread next to the green bean casserole and the turkey. This was all a terrible faux pas, as the French would say? Apparently so. But, you know, call me unrefined, I believe pumpkin bread with turkey is a fantastic combination and part of my tradition. So as part of tomorrow's workplace cultural exchange, I'm going to introduce it and let the chips fall where they may. The other dish I'm rolling out, and this may be really pushing the limit here, is what in my family was considered the salad at Thanksgiving. Now at the time it was introduced as part of the family Thanksgiving spread, it was the early 1970s. And this was the tail end of an era where Practically anything could be considered a salad if, one, it had some type of fruit or vegetable in it, whole or a derivative thereof, and two, was congealed, using some type of gelatin usually as the gelling agent. This dish, this salad dish, has a French name, kind of ironically. It's called Blanc Mange. The literal translation is white eat, and basically it's a congealed milk pudding, of like a panna cotta or a flan. Although, unlike flan, there are no eggs in it. And the reason it was a salad is that it's orange-flavored blancmange. The presence of the orange juice, a fruit, makes it in many parts of America, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s at least, a nice molded salad. And in the 70s, when this dish was introduced to my family Thanksgiving dinner, it might have been even considered en vogue or avant-garde, to use more French terms. During this era, Americans were very into French dishes, like quiche and fondue, that, that was all the rage. So I can see how blanc would be right on cue. And then, again, because of its gelatin base in my family recipe, with orange in it, it would have qualified as a perfectly acceptable salad side dish. And even though I laugh now, because I've learned all the quote-unquote rules, I love my family Thanksgiving blancmange and how it tastes next to the turkey and the gravy and the stuffing and yes, the sweet pumpkin bread on the side. And for me, and I'd like to offer this idea to you as well, it's a reminder that any rule created by humans, like the sweet and savory rule, is just that. A rule made up somewhere along the line by people like you and me. And they're only really rules when as a society we collectively decide that they are. And since no one ever went to prison for breaking the whole sweet savory rule, well, maybe they have in France, but I've decided the only consequence I face by indulging my tradition is perhaps some judgment and a stomachache the next day. But all that is worth it for me. It's my tradition, and it's worth sharing with my colleagues, if for nothing else, the chance to share some cherished memories and have a good laugh with them as well. As I mentioned, after I see how things go today, I do plan to roll out at least one of my two dishes, the pumpkin bread and or the blancmange at my gathering of family and friends at home next week. They're likely to be a tougher crowd. All but one of my guests was born in the UK. My husband was born in the UK. And there the whole sweet savory separation thing is pretty widely accepted as a rule. But you know, there is this Monty Python skit about people being chased by a giant blancmange, so perhaps if I bring that up, that will spark some appreciation there. And with that cultural connection, we will bridge the divide and come to some sort of understanding. And if not, well, I'll just enjoy being a rule-breaker, and enjoy these little memories of my personal family culture all to myself. I'm curious about your culinary rules and controversial dishes. I'll bet you have many stories to share. Please come on over to the comment section of my website, yourbeautifulbaggage.com, or to my Facebook page, and let's start a discussion. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, please do. Just in time for next week's episode on Thanksgiving, I will publish pictures of my pumpkin bread and my blancmange for my newsletter subscribers to enjoy. Or not. (laughs) Up to you. (laughs) Thanks again for joining me on Beautiful Baggage. I'll see you next time.